Here we are for episode 10 of Don's Pinball Podcast. I am thrilled that we made it this far and we still keep building our listeners. I'm getting some great feedback and there's some news that's been dropping. So I'm going to get into all of that plus some more based on some suggestions that have received from you guys. So thanks. Always reach out. Email, Facebook, Discord. I'm there and I love talking to you guys. Let's get it. Meet you after the drop. Swinging a thump. Man, here we are. Let me take a second here. I started this podcast here back in January, and currently we are still in January, but I am 10 episodes deep. I've totally exceeded what I had expected for myself. I mean, but the news keeps coming, and it turns out that doing this and interacting with people has been fantastic. So I want to keep this train moving. I'm going to celebrate here for a moment. Um, Looking at the analytics here, I'm up to 207 total plays in the month of January. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for doing that. Included in that, just in the last six weeks, there's been 66 unique people. <laughs> Give yourselves a shout out for that. That's amazing. Uh, the software also breaks it down by country. We've got listeners in the U.S., of course. Um, but Germany's here also. Guten Tag, mein Freunds. Wie heißen Sie? Comment down below. Buchstabieren Sie el Namen, bitte. And I'd like to yeah, hit, hit you back there. Uh, we got people from Mexico. So, buenos dias. Hola, que tal, amigos? Uh, me llamo Don. Soy de California del Sur. Now I live in Wisconsin, but, like, I can still make my own tacos, yo. So, shout out to my Mexico listeners. I got people in Canada. It doesn't say if they're the French Canadian or not, but bonjour anyway. Como allez-vous, right? Um, I got listeners in the UK that have actually reached out. And even all the way on the other side of the planet in Australia. What's up, man? Did you guys get your fathoms yet? I'm blown away. I'm humbled. This has just been fantastic. So. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. As always, any suggestions, go ahead and throw them at me. I would love to give them so I can create the best ears, your best gravy to dip your ears into. All right. (laughs) So uh, quickly, uh, there are a a few spooky updates I have. I did uh, reach out to spooky. They posted that they got a lot of the sculpts from the games and it showed the boxes. And I saw those bright green glowing captain Cutler heads. And so I reached out right away and I'm like, Hey, Anyway, you got an extra one of those you can sell me until my game comes in. And I I heard back from Morgan Emery. She had nothing but great things to say. I'm glad we got to connect there. And I'm still waiting to see if I can manage to smuggle or get my hands on one of those early. I gave her my number of game build, so maybe they can build it without the head and send me the head early and I can assemble on site. How fun would that be? So, hey, thanks, uh, Squirrel. Really appreciate that. I'm still waiting for their live stream. Still no news on that. I'm sure they're just can't wait to do it um everything's just got to be right because man you know once this thing goes off uh they may have a bunch of people on the fence ready to jump in and get their games Uh, i was thinking uh with the 2000 roughly game build and with some still being available and the highest number i've seen anybody post of course this is unofficial but it was around 1100 um is there a chance that this could be a game and I don't know what the licensing is like um but could they go ahead and make these but still have some reserve that they could then put on the line later, kind of like what they did with Total Nuclear Annihilation. So maybe uh, they're also moving into this bigger production facility. So would that allow them to have maybe some simultaneous lines or maybe they can uh, flip up their builds as they're going forward, kind of like what Stern does, where they always have something in the back pocket? I mean, um, you know, if Stern needs to whip out, well, 
they, they haven't brought out the Elvira's yet, but um, you know, if they had a run that was complete and some space opened up, they have multiple games they could take and keep their line moving. So um, man, I just want spooky to keep being successful and keep cranking out games that I want to play. So um, I had that thought. What else is in the news? Bond code has dropped. Thankfully, right um, now I'm sure they're intentionally holding back the code, just waiting for licensing and everything. Um, code 0.84 is out and I read through the readme. I'm looking at it here. And there's about 600 things listed. Um, So I kind of went through them all, but it looks like the gist of it. First off, there's 22 new achievements for Insider Connected. So way to go, Stern. I love those. So um, I'm going to have to reach out to my buddies over at District 1 and see if they've got this new code running so I can run over there and grind through some more achievements. Um, There's a, I mean, there's at least 60 things listed here. And the bulk of them appear to be two new modes, or at least two modes that I've never gotten to. One of them uh, being Orient Express, and the other one being Disco Volante Demolition. I don't know what those are. I've played this game a dozen times. I haven't seen these modes. So these may actually be new modes. There's a lot of new animations that they've either fixed or added, it looks like. Um, They fixed some text issues. Uh, for the screen, a lot of graphics, video clips, and also um, flashing lighter, uh, light up flashers <laughs> in the game, or um, you know, uh, target lights that spot up. Uh, those are new and added. Uh, looks like they've uh, tweaked a couple of things as far as like how many shots you have to make for each mode. Uh, one is ten, one is eight. But again, I don't know if these were just modes I hadn't gotten to, or if these are new modes that are now unlocked. So if anybody plays that and can can give me some feedback, love to hear it. Um, Moving on, following the news, um, there's we're now in the speculation realm, and we have got a big juicy nugget that dropped of the next four stern cornerstones. Now, I mentioned this earlier, like two shows ago, where I gave my predictions on what the next four would be, and in order, that was Venom, Foo Fighters, Jaws, and then, what did I say, Masters of the Universe. Well, it turns out it was Indiana Jones is uh, what's rumored to be coming. Uh, whether that's fourth, third, second, we really have no idea. It's still all up in the air. Nothing has been officially released from Stern. But I thought, you know what, I'm good with hot takes, so let's give some of those. So first off, for Venom. Um, with the speculation with Pinball, it seems that as we get closer to releases, the speculation that we hear more often than not is correct. And that makes sense because the, the game was, you know, most nearest to production right before it comes out. So we're looking at being what, like 60 days away from being right in the middle of March or actually late March. So 60 days or less, we should know a whole lot more information um, about Venom, which I think is next. Now it sounds like Venom was initially set to go on the line. Well, like a year ago, I remember Stern was at San Diego comic con with the creator of Stern, Todd McFarlane, and Ozzy Osbourne, who is actually a character in some of the Venom comic uh, storylines. And then there was zero announcements, and we were all kind of expecting one. So that was probably originally the window for Venom, but because of COVID-related issues and the market fluctuations and demand being where it was, the business decision apparently was to withhold that game. But I'm sure work on the game continued, especially with regards to its code. So... Kind of at a flip side from 007, James Bond that just came out, I think when we do see Venom, it may be nearly code complete, or it's got to be much better than where Bond is now. So I'm excited for that, especially with the art, especially with the pedigree of the designer. I'm looking at something that's going to be a cross between Stranger Things and Mandalorian. Those were the last two games Brian Eddy uh, designed and released that have played. So am I going to see 
uh, the rumor is that there's going to be a big sculpt in the middle of the machine, and I could totally see that. I mean, Venom is the character. He's got to be the forefront. He's got to be the big bad, the big anti-hero, the big thing to hit right in the middle of the screen. If it was at a Disney park, this would be a weenie, which is an imagineering term for a large structure that draws your attention. So uh, Venom weenie right in the middle of the field. Uh, what's Venom got? A huge mouth, long tongue, right? He's the Gene Simmons of the comic book world. So um, given that there was a large Demogorgon, which also had a gaping maw, with a ramp that you could shoot balls into, are we going to have a mode with Venom where his tongue flips down or something or his mouth opens up and then we can feed him balls like a hungry, hungry hippo? I mean, I'm down. So my speculation here is completely off the top of my head is we'll have big Venom weenie in the middle of the field that we're feeding balls into. Oh, Lord. I just realized what this sounds like. And then a couple of plastic ramps probably on either side of the field, similar to Stranger Things. I think for a comic book design... Uh, plastic ramps make sense. They're translucent. You could put LEDs up and down them, change their colors, um, and you can um, do things you can't really do with the metal wire form ramps, right? So uh, like with Stranger Things' left plastic ramp, it does that little triangle shape in the back where they have the magnets that would lock for the telekinesis lock um, and then come down. So I could see it. Let's see. I'm thinking mostly a black and white color motif, some spots of red for popping, and then a big Venom in the middle, two ramps on the side. We'll see if I'm right. Um, very excited for that. I did go and put a, my name on a list for Venom because if it is interesting when it is released, um, I think I'm going to go on it so I can live stream it for y'all and get my first impressions. <clears throat> All right, so Foo Fighters up next. I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about layout for this game. I haven't speculated real much on what we're going to see. Is there going to be you know, an upper play field, like a stage, or is this like a Foo Fighters adventure? Like, um, like the combination between uh, Foo Fighters and Nope, where, you know, maybe they're on an adventure and there's aliens invading and you have to help the crew escape from it. And it could be a big campy fun adventure. Was there a movie that was just released with the Foo Fighters in it? That was like a horror movie and maybe it was on Netflix or something. Um, I'm gonna have to research that when I get off because well, what if it's a tie in with that theme? I mean, is it going to be just a straight up music pin? Here's the licensed music. Here's a layout. You got to get these guys to the concert or, you know, what kind of narrative flow are they going to put in there? Um, I think for this genre, it's fairly wide open. Um, I don't think anybody's really commented that, like, what if this is an adventure alongside the band or where you're taking the band through an adventure? Um, I know that uh, the Zombie Yeti artist has done art posters for the Foo Fighters. And the one that I've seen looks like a uh, alien in disguise and he's hitchhiking a ride to the concert. So uh, I could totally see that being, um, you know, the, the narrative driven story featuring the band. This seems like a band that would be into that sort of thing, given that they just did this movie. And then they are some pretty playful folks from what I've seen when following their career. So um, I'm going to throw that out there. Do you think this is a straight up like um, Led Zeppelin? Here's music. Here's ramps. Here's features. And that's kind of all you get. Or is this going to be more of an integrated adventure? Like, did these guys get to put a lot of input in here? I hope so. I think that would be a much more interesting way to go. And, you know, I've, I've got my name on a list for that one as well for the same reason. Uh, so moving on, Jaws, which I think is the one that everybody is just anticipating, right? This is the follow-up to Godzilla. Um, you know, James Bond's 60th notwithstanding. I don't want to get back into the toppers again right now, man. If you get in that game and you think you got a great deal and you love it, uh, bless you. All the best to you. Invite me over to come play it. Uh, but in in my mind, the spiritual successor to Godzilla will be uh, this Jaws, if that's indeed what comes out. Now, I was at Expo, and somebody had a homebrew 
uh, where I think it was a redesign of a, another game. They turn it into a Jaws game. And what struck me about it, um, I don't I think it was down or wasn't playable or something, um, but was the uh, the armor on the side. They had a custom powder coat. It was white, which makes sense. You know, your boat, pier kind of theme. But there was blood spatter all through it. And it was done really, really well. And I'm just thinking, man, if an LE came out looking like that with Jaws side rails, with a kind of polar white, um, like a like a tundra, you know, or like a stormtrooper white, you know, that metallic plus uh, blood spatters. Um, man, this could be a, and if it like went into the cabinet design too, like on the cabinet art, it'd be gorgeous. Yeah, so that would be a lot better than just putting the uh, Jaws logo on the side of the machine. So we'll see if Jaws, if it's real, which it's strongly rumored to be, um, if it's by Keith, and if it goes with more of the Jurassic Park Godzilla kind of integration, or is it going to be more like a Bond integration where there's just a movie poster on the side of the, the machine and the back glass? Mm. Um, totally anticipating that game being a great shooter, and and, and hopefully there's, there's got to be shark mechs. There's got to be shark mechs, exploding stuff, bloody divers. I can't wait. Um, this Indiana Jones, right? So, all right, there's been two of them so far. Stern did one. Then there's that old classic one with the little gun shooter shooter knob uh, mechanism. Um, I don't know what this is. I haven't really even dug into what the new movie's like. I heard time travel's involved. <laughs> is Indiana Jones going to uh, accidentally land on a taxiway? Who knows? Um, is there going to be a rolling ball mech from uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, I was in my head. I was trying to see like how they could do that. Um, like like a, a rolling mech that comes down, you know, one side of the play field and then has a mechanical arm to reset it? Or is it just going to be like like a giant wooden skee ball that rolls down into a subway where gravity feeds it back and it goes into a giant fuck to reset itself? I don't know. I would love to see the Indiana Jones adventure, the ride, the pinball game from uh, modeled after the ride at Disneyland and uh, Tokyo Disneyland. Personally, if I was to have a say, because I think that ride is great. I think it's got a good storyline and flow and a lot of action. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. Is that the one that was rumored that it could possibly be a Kapow title? Now, I'm new to pinball, as you know, and uh, I wasn't really sure what a Kapow was. I know that um, that design company or firm was involved with the uh, Batman Special Limited Edition version. I don't know much else beyond that. So I went online, and apparently it looks like, correct me please if I'm wrong, but that this guy Kapow or Kamakow is a producer of some sort. Or, or like a consultant or an augmenter, like a guy that comes in and then puts his special sauce and makes the project even better. Uh, that was my gist reading his website. Is he like, you know, where you have a movie and then you get Dwayne The Rock Johnson in there and it just kind of elevates it. It's the spice that you need, you know, uh, to accentuate your dish. Um, sure. I don't know. This will be a wait and see, though. Um, this is, could be, you know, f- uh, 24 months away from being reality, so... I'm sure as we get closer, and especially in the next year, oh, we're going to know more about it. But that's my speculation and my hot takes for right now. So uh, I mentioned that I've had people reach out to me, and this guy Steve from London. What's up, man? Shout out to you. Thanks for connecting. Super appreciate it. Um, he was wanting to know if I could run through my lineup and kind of say something I like and I don't like about each game. So I was thinking about this, and I think what also would be helpful is I go into a little bit of a story on like how I got each game and and what they ended up costing, how, how I facilitated getting them, and maybe this will help somebody else that's waiting to purchase their first machine or their eighth machine or, you know, any way we can share tips. So I'm going to take you back, back, back about a year and a half ago when I got my first game. It was uh, Stern's Dark Knight. Uh, I mentioned I got it from uh, Eau Claire Games and Arcade, my buddy Tim up there. He hooked it up, got my first game. 
that allowed me to get a game actually in my house and see like what that whole experience was like. Um, I'll get to, you know, take the glass off and, and play with all the mechanisms. I got to play with the coin door, play with the settings, like learn all that, go through the menus, uh, fine tune it. Um, I got to fix a drop target. I got to uh, solder some wires that came unsoldered. So it was a great experience to just have a game. Um, doesn't really matter which one it is, but just so you can get it in your home and play with it, learn it, learn how to fix it, learn how to take it apart, put it together, transport it. So that was a, a, a great experience. Uh, much better than if I would have got a high dollar new unbox machine and then made mistakes with that opening it up. So I was going to trade that in for an Iron Maiden uh, from, from 2018. And uh, this was one with powder-coated rails. It was a pro, but it had mods in it. I was going to trade in my game plus $2,000 and get an Iron Maiden. I thought, this is a game like I'd really be much more into than my Batman. And it's much newer. It's got the LCD screen and everything. But unfortunately, the uh, guy that was selling it, I guess, backed out, didn't want to sell it. So then I was left with, uh, (laughs) oh, I was about to get a new machine. I was real hyped for it. And uh, luckily, Tim came through. He also had um, a Guns N' Roses standard edition. And so I was like, well, well, let me look at that. And then I looked at the standard edition. Then I looked at the limited edition and uh, the extra ramps that it came with. And that I'm telling you, that bass guitar wire ramp was really what sold me on wanting the better edition. I said, well, if I was going to get one, I think I would get the limited. And then, you know, him being a great dealer, he said, well, <laughs> funny you mentioned that. I do happen to have one here new in box. So uh gave some extra money, around $6,000, plus my Stern Dark Knight, brand new, unboxed. Um, Guns N' Roses Ellie in my house. And man, that was a massive step up from the 2008 uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight was fun. Um, you know, it's just a little, it's an older game. The code's a little shallow. I had it for six months or so, got a lot of fill on it, got fairly good at it. And then it was time for it to move on. Totally appropriate. Um, and kind of what I would recommend. Guns N' Roses, though, it's still here. It's staying for a while. This is the one that I started buying mods for. I added the uh, back cabinet light, the under cabinet light that the collector's edition has. So it plays more like a CE. I got the topper, the mezzel mods, the running lights, um, plastic protectors, um, and it's it's looking great. I got, went with uh, Lior Mod at the Art of Pinball and got his uh, bullet shooter rod. That thing is fantastic. Thank you, sir. Um, so what I like about it, of course, <laughs> everything, uh, I like the layout. I like the theme. I like the music, the light shows, man, you, you get a song going. It's magic. Live or let die it is just a fantastic experience in your house when it's dark and like, you know, the lights go down and the live and let die comes in and then boom, as soon as that chord hits, just the whole thing lights up first green. Then later in the song, it's got a red motif. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, what don't I like about it? Not much. I mean, it's a very pretty game. Um, it's my favorite Jersey Jack for sure. So, um, not much to complain about there. Now, um, around this time, I also got a second, third and fourth job. (laughs) So I had, uh, some side gigs and this is how I helped to fund this whole thing. Um, my next game I got was the, uh, Rec Room World Ultra VP. Uh, that was planned so I could have a virtual machine with a thousand games on it. And then I can just buy real, uh, new machines with the deeper code and the better stories and effects and things. And that was my strategy going into it. I just did a whole episode on my ultra VP and how much I love about it. I want to do some more live streams of it. If there's games you want to see, um, let me know. And I will go ahead and include those on my next live stream. Uh, I like about that. Uh, I mean, I kind of went into it on the show, but just the, the depth and variety of all the games that are on there. Um, what don't I like about it? Not very much. It's fantastic. Uh, next up, uh, we went to Midwest gaming conference, ran into my boys over there at spooky pinball. And that's where I picked up a Halloween from the show floor. They gave me show floor discount, 
new game, uh, collector's edition. Um, picked it up, brought it home. My wife really liked it. I enjoyed um, uh, the, the the effect of the ball elevators, right? So um, this is a game based on a classic Halloween film, um, not, you know, one of the new reboots. And, uh, you know, Michael Myers is sneaking around the hedges, sneaking around your house, and he comes out to kill you. And when you drain the ball into one of the scoops and it goes to the subway, it comes up um, underneath the plastics, you can't see it. It's out of view. And they play this little sound that, uh, you know, Michael's coming out. And then all of a sudden your ball just comes rolling down the in lane. And if you don't react quickly, that ball's dead. Um, so that was, a, I mean, what a fantastic integration to a horror themed pinball machine. So I love, love, love that. Um, what I don't like is that I can't consistently hit the orbits on either side. Um, there's a couple of modes that use those orbits. When you finish a mode, the way you reset so you can start another one is by hitting the orbit. And, you know, okay, fine, get better at pinball. But, um, yeah, those shots are just tight um, by design, whatever. That's the one thing I don't like. I wish I could hit that a little more consistently. Uh, maybe it'll come with practice. But uh, Halloween, that was my next one up. Uh, so at this point, I had two real machines, a virtual machine. I thought I was doing pretty good. I wasn't actively looking to make another purchase. But uh, I wanted to keep my eye out for a Rick and Morty. Uh, one became available um, from a local art, uh, pinball arcade in Madison, Wisconsin. It was pay one price. Well, I think it was Nerd Haven. I think it might have been Nerd Haven. Um, but uh, this was a, a game that I had played there. Uh, right Flipper was a little bit weak, and I think they were asking $13,000 for it. And it was uh, unmodded, and it was on a location at a free play arcade. So it had some, had some the girl had some miles on her. Um, I didn't feel like going at 13000 on that. Um but, uh, you know, kind of decided at that point, I'm going to keep my eyes open. If I find one for a good price, low plays with the mods I would want, maybe I would go on it. And then, you know, where all great things happen, Facebook Marketplace, I come by this uh, guy called uh, Butch, Butch's Game Garage. Uh, shout out to him. I'm going to go ahead and give him Trusted Dealer Spotlight. So Butch's Game Garage, he's out there in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Now, he is a dealer, not a distributor. So he's one of these guys that's not locked in by contract uh, with uh, rules regarding he can't go below a certain price or allocations. This guy just gets games, uh, trades games, sells games. He always comes through with deals. Um, so I found this uh, Rick and Morty for $12,000, which at the time was kind of right in the middle of the going rate. Um, and now they're even more scarce. Uh Went ahead and looked at it, and this thing was exactly what I was looking for. Loaded with mods. I was buying it from the second owner, guy that was out in Long Island somewhere, I believe. Um, and I looked at my wife, and I'm like, it was one of those "How much do you love me?" kind of moments. And at the minute, at the point, you know, she was uh, she was wanting to make a point, so she allowed me to get it. And man, that was great. I thought for sure I was getting scammed. Um, I had found a Rick and Morty for $8,000 in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, supposedly, uh, also on Facebook. And so I was talking to this guy, and I was going to make the two-day round trip, well, two-day each-way round trip out there to go pick it up. And I'm trying to come up with a time to come see it. Then he goes radio silent and blocks me. So I'm for sure that that was a scam. Uh, this one, though, the guy seemed legit. I called him. I asked him some pretty specific pinball kind of questions. He was right there with all the right information. Um, he had good references. Uh, he gave me references from Cointaker to check out. So it turns out the guy was totally legit. He shipped this to me through uh, Pilot Air Terminal, uh, which is a shipping company that will do a flat rate of $450. And if you drop uh, your 
package or crate or whatever it is off at one of their distribution sites. They will deliver for $450 to another one of their distribution sites anywhere in the country. Every major city just about has one. So I was able to go to either Milwaukee or Minneapolis and pick this thing up and worked out great. He, he threw it in a Deadpool box. He packed it really well, um, got it in, and, and, and I got as, as expected. And it's been working great since then. I love the theme of it. I love how well integrated the mods are, how, I mean, you put in toys in a cartoon, it just works great. Um, I hate how brutal the game is, but it's also kind of why I wanted to have one in my house because that was just draining dollar bills in the arcade. So what I don't like about it is playing it on location and draining all my dollar bills. What I do like about it is having it at home and um, getting to play it. Now, um, once I kind of figured out a strategy to play it, which really is to get your multi-balls locked, get two balls locked, and then start a mode, and then play a mode with the multi-balls. It makes those really tight shots um, a lot easier when you've got multiple balls flying around. And then I noticed that that's how you can get your score from a million and a half up to 8 million or more. Um, if you do that twice during a game, and if you manage to successfully complete a couple of modes, I mean, you're going to get some pretty high scores, and that is what's satisfying about it. So I'm glad I had it because... To do that on location, uh, it would have cost me $150 in games to finally learn to uh, how to play it appropriately. So I do like that. I still love my machine. Um, I love the music, uh, the callouts, um, and I'm just ignoring that controversy for now. I'm going to let that play out, and uh, you know we'll, we'll hope that justice is served appropriately and victims are compensated. Uh, and I'm just going to enjoy my pinball games. What I'm going to do so. Uh, what I did tell Butch at Butch's Game Garage was that uh, if he, I was also in, in the, the mood for a rush, but, you know, again, I wanted to make sure I got a good one. I was going to go on a premium, but then I saw the LE and it was like, well, if I'm going to have this thing in my house, do I want the best version that exists? Is there enough different between the premium and the LE? And and for me, that balance did favor the LE. So I just told him, hey, if you come across an LE, just contact me. Just let me know about it and so I can kick it around and think about it. And it was another one of those situations where it's like, funny you mentioned that. I got one in the back of my van right now that I just picked up. So I did, I went ahead and just went in on this machine. I wasn't planning on buying the first one. I definitely wasn't planning on buying two. Um, my wife loves me very much and my side gigs were, were going pretty well. So I went in on that $11,000 and I got myself a used Rush limited edition with the lights, with the... Uh, mirrored back glass with the guitar gear armor um, with the foil side art in person. This thing is fantastic looking. It plays great. I love the lights. You still can't get them. Um, I also did this with a pilot air terminal, um, had a ship to Milwaukee just to check out that one. They're both the same distance from me came uh, new in box. No, 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 no. It wasn't new in box, but it wasn't its original box. Um, and it came with only 15 plays on it. It already had the Ninja scoop protectors that were placed in it. And it had some of those anti light bleed uh, stickers underneath the play field for the owl's eyes by the, uh, the ball save. So it came lightly modded and it came with 15 plays and it came in the box it came in. So this thing was unboxed, put in someone's house, test played a few times, and, and modded, and that is it. So I got a basically better machine than I would have got if I would have paid MSRP to a distro and just got the thing new in box. So for those reasons, I went on it, and then I said, okay, I'm going to hold off for a while on any new machines. Um, I, I love that game. I love the ramps. I love that extra ramp that you get um, on the premium and the limited edition. There's not much I don't like about it. It's a it's a different kind of game. It's got some flow. It's not as flowy as Godzilla, uh, but much more flowier than uh, Mandalorian. 
Um, and, and, and the band's great, especially now that I'm middle-aged, um, you get a new appreciation for Rush. Uh, my newest game, uh, was Godzilla and I had my name on a list with several distributors and it was greater than a year it was going to take to get this machine. Um, and then my buddy, uh, over at Mad Pinball put up that, uh, uh, ad on, again, Facebook and and this was in a, uh, a Facebook comment. If anybody's looking for an MSRP right before the price jump, I'm thinking for sure this is a scam. And nope, wasn't. He's another one of my trusted dealers. Uh, so then I did get a, a new inbox Godzilla. And then I've modded that thing all to heck. And I'm done for right now. <laughs> for right now, we are in a good position. Um, I'm working some more side gigs and building up some pinball money before Scooby-Doo comes. I've got 700 machines they need to build and ship out before I get the call for mine. So when the time comes, I should be ready. Um, that brings us to the end of another episode. Try to keep it short and sweet, give you the information, give you my hot takes. What I want from you is comments and suggestions. How do you want me to make this better for you? Do you want to call out? Sure. Hit me up. Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. Don's Pinball Podcast on Facebook. And we also have the Discord, too. I keep putting a fresh link in the Facebook page. Like and subscribe. You'll get all that. Later, everybody.